Hello, hello. Back so soon with the Renegade Master. It's us here at True Crap Pop. It's a spin-off of the True Cult Pop podcast with me, Stephen Hill. I hope you're all right. How are you doing? It seems like only a week ago that we were fooling you all like Ghostwatch and Kaiser Soze uh, <laughs> into listening, like a combination of the two. Oh, That's essentially I was say, which, the last. Which one am I? I know oh, you're a sure. you're a combination of the two, like me. We're both we're oh, we're God. a kind of composite of of the of the pair. Probably why we get on similar. Probably why we get yeah. on definitely. There's me, Stephen Hill. Joining me as ever is Sam Slight. I think we know. I think we know. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? I'll answer first. Uh, I'm f- furious that we've got to go back to the crushing realms of reality this week. I know. It's not fair. It's ridiculous, isn't it? They're actually <laughs> like gone back on everything that we hold dear by reviewing an album that actually exists. Uh, this way, shit, isn't it? Well, oh shit! <laughs> we actually want to say a big thank you for you if you listen to the Adam Woodyat episode. Uh, mm. Everyone on social media has been a very, very kind about uh, what we did with that, mm. and b hasn't kind of. I mean, we've if you haven't listened to it, we've just given up the ghost, really, haven't we? But you've got to listen to these in the correct order, yeah. haven't you? So it's a serialized would... narrative make sense yes they are definitely it's very important that you listen to them in the right order so you know you only got yourself to blame spoiler alert the album we did last week wasn't a real album but we no. were we were painted into a corner weren't we you know if you back us into a corner that's what's going to happen yeah yeah it's your own time you're wasting basically i would also your say own yes, time thank you to everyone for being very kind and also for being honest i like the fact that loads of people are saying you had me going for a really long time it's like good we did our job we did, didn't we? I didn't yeah. think, I mean, you know, like, I think most people pointed out the Terrorizer that was review the bit, yeah. <laughs> as the moment, as the, the, the smoking gun. Well, if you'd um, actually been yeah. paying attention to the various podcasts that Steve has appeared on over the years, you would have realised that it faltered at the first hurdle with a coherent Robert Christie review. That exactly. was the fly in the ointment. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, and we even had to kind of like go, oh, I wonder why he did. Oh, <laughs> of course he wouldn't have, A, reviewed it. And he certainly wouldn't have written more than four or five words about it, would Th- he? Three emojis. Three emojis, yeah. 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 One of Phil Mitchell, one of <laughs> Peggy. I was quite annoyed, actually. I did think afterwards. There's a bit where we are talking about Adam Woodyat, a.k.a. and Bill. Mm. And this was true. Uh, he um, Before he got the part as Ian Bill, he became a butcher. And I was really annoyed that I didn't go... Not a Frank Butcher, not a Janine Butcher. Not a I'm Pat really annoyed. Yeah. So I'm throwing that joke in like a little added think of that as a sort of That's the coda director's the cut story. Redux, yeah. <laughs> like Apocalypse Now. Anyway, um I'm glad you're good, mate. Um sorry to drag you away from your uh your marathon box set watching of the gross the the, the what's it called? Gone. The ghosts of Grinnygog. The, witch, the witches and of Grinnygog. Yeah. Witches of Grinnygog, which I'm sure you've definitely been watching. Big um one. But we're here to rank another album as we search for the worst album ever made in history. That's what this podcast is. Uh, by the way, if you want to go and sign up for... It's funny, we do mention the band that we're talking about today on our recent Patreon special, patreon.com forward slash True Cult Pop. We're talking about Black Spiders, uh, me and Gaz Jones, who I do the weekly show with. Uh, lovely Gaz. And um, we just sort of started chatting about the band that we're about to talk about today. So this is where we look for the worst album ever made. Again, needs to be said, it's not our own particular annoyances and bands that we hate that we're you know coming on here to talk shit about no. these are albums that are picked in a very very i mean it's going to be a very str- post ian bill it's a very stringent process to get your album into true crap pop now because I- i'm going to be monitoring each record yes. very very closely so uh it needs to be badly reviewed badly received 
one of your suggestions as long as it's real some other thing that maybe has made the album in question have something of a poor reputation that's how all of these records get in um get into this list and today we're going to be talking about the 10th studio album from hard rock legends acdc fly on the wall released on the 28th of june 1985 before we do that though before we get into acdc let me just give you the 20 worst albums that we have listened to and ranked thus far on this podcast and its previous incarnation which i can't be bothered to explain to you if you know you know if you don't just soak this up and and enjoy it for what it's worth number 20 sergeant pepper's lady hearts club band original soundtrack to the movie of the same name Number 19, The Rebirth by Little Wayne. Number 18, Hard to Swallow by Vanilla Ice. Number 17, Eogan Quig by Eogan Quig. Number 16, Testify by Phil Collins. Number 15, Six Feet Under's Graveyard Classics Volume 2. Number 14, Towers of London's Blood, Sweat and Towers. Number 13, Cut the Crap by The Clash. Number 12, Angelic to the Core by Corey Feldman. Number 11, Philosophy of the World by The Shags. Number 10, Entering into the top 10 worst albums. Gene Simmons, Asshole. Number 9, Total Zanarchy by Little Zan. Number 8, Paula by Robin Thicke. Number 7, Methods of Mayhem by Methods of Mayhem. Number 6, Double Wide Bunkle Cracker. Number 5, I can't believe this previous number 1. Number 5, Blood on the Dance Floor. Um, no, this wasn't number 1. Sorry, no, I'm getting no, them mixed up with the next one. Number 5, Bad Blood by Blood on the Dance Floor. Number 4, previous number 1, I'm Not a Fan But The Kids Like It by Broken Side. Number 3, The True... Symphonic Orchestra with the Concerto in True Minor, one of my favourites. Number two, <laughs> Crazy Hits by the Crazy Frog and the worst album in every conceivable way that we have listened to thus far is My Teenage Dream Ended by Farah Abraham, which I know some people agree with. Uh, there's just too many reasons to go into now why it's number one. It's yeah. a lot though, isn't it? Just it's a lot. Just accept it. Take it as writ that it just accept is it. Uh, not moving. Although, who knows? Maybe this week it will be dethroned. Suddenly. Well, it's, it's, we're <laughs> yeah. not even going to talk about the worst album with ACDC material in that list this week. Probably not. I mean, okay, so um, Fly on the Wall, ACDC's 10th studio album from 1985. Um, before we get into it, I think I've said this a few times before. So if you've listened to me previously, you will probably know this about me. Uh, I love ACDC. I absolutely bloody love ACDC. But Sam, I don't really know what you think about ACDC broadly. So do you want to give the people a little kind of a little kind of um, overview of your thoughts on this band? Yeah. Um, so I would say I really, really, really like ACDC. I'm, they're not a band that I absolutely adore. But um, they were a band that I listened to very early in my sort of music listening career. So uh, starting with, well, starting with the five cover of We Will Rock You, I then got into Queen. And then I was listening to Maiden and ACDC because they were things that were prominent in my mum's CD collection. Um, for a long time, I did kind of buy into the thing of like, ah, ACDC all sounds the same. And when people would say, oh, do you prefer Bon or Brian? I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's all the same riff, isn't it? Blah, blah, blah. But mm. actually, as I've got older and wiser, I do really like ACDC particularly the Bon Scott era. I think there's some cracking stuff across yeah. Brian Johnson's era, but I mean, it's especially Dirty Deeds through to, well, through to Back in, uh, back in Black as well, but like those those albums are the ones, mate, and I do genuinely love those. Yeah, man, those albums are fucking brilliant. Yeah. Proper brilliant. It seems mad to me that, you know, um, 
the kind of the commercial high point of ACDC's entire career would come without Bon Scott because Bon mm. Scott's I would say all of the material on all of the Bon Scott albums yeah. are amazing yeah uh, I agree. high voltage high voltage dirty deeds on dirt cheap um powerage for those about let, so, uh, yeah, yeah. let there be rock sorry um obviously highway to hell what am I missing I'm obviously missing something from that I can't think off the top of my head what I'm missing I'm, I'm I'm definitely hold on. Let me get yes, the entire I'm, I'm discography. Drawing a blank. As I've well. drawn a blank suddenly. Parage. Oh no, that is. Oh yeah. You well, high voltage was. No, that's not right. Is it so TNT? Yeah, high voltage. Um, uh, TNT is. It's confusing. Australia only. All right. Um, yeah. Let there be rock. Parage. Highway to hell. And then we get to Back in Black, which is obviously where acdc release i mean is back in black the best acdc album before we start talking about the worst is is back in black the best acdc album do you think uh it's not my favorite no i think uh i think my favorite would probably actually be dirty deeds i think it kind of hits Mm. all the marks for what i want from acdc which is big riffs and a kind of daft sense of humor that's a little bit self-effacing a little bit leery but done in a kind of a jovial way yeah, I mean, I I I love Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I think all of those ones. I think yeah, it's that it's that five, isn't it? High Voltage, Dirty Deeds, Let It Be Rock, Parish, Highway to Hell. I wouldn't change anything about them. And depending yep. on what day you get me on, I think Parish is fucking Parage's amazing. Fucking I mean, Highway to Hell maybe is a bit of an obvious one to pick from those ones, but it is brilliant. Mm. Yeah, they're all they're all just really, really, really good. Oh, I think um the thing that I was thinking of would have been if you want blood. um if you want blood, yeah. yeah live the live album, which is absolutely mad good as well. Like mm. so, so, so great. ACDC were brilliant. And it seems crazy to me to think that they they were quite big, but you know, when you think of like the how big they are now, when you think of the bands that they are comparable to, um, I don't know, your kind of your kisses and Van Halen's and mm. uh I mean, I guess even the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin's and bands like that, it does seem mad that this period where they were unquestionably re- releasing their best material is not their is not their kind of commercial high point even if it is their artistic high point mm. it's not their commercial high point um but then also i think you chuck in an album like back in black which is so fucking brilliant i mean i've just got the title i've got the sorry the track list up in front of me mm. hell's bells shoot to thrill what you do for money honey give dog a bone let me put my love into you back in black you shoot me all night long have a drink all on me shake a leg rock and roll noise pollution i mean that is as close to a perfect run of 10 songs as you will get across any record i think all of those songs mm. are absolute bangers absolute bangers of the highest order and obviously it came very quickly in the aftermath of the death of of bon scott and um back in black is one of the best-selling albums of all time yeah it's i 20- think it's second or third it's it's like obviously yeah. after thriller and then it's either that or the greatest hits of the eagles it's the fourth best-selling album in the united states of america it's gone 25 oh. times platinum which means it sold 25 million copies in america mm. which is completely completely mad completely mad um i won't go into the rest of the cells for because i mean one day we'll do a classic album on back in black and this being you know the point where you're supposed to be slagging off music probably slagging you off 
slagging me off you probably shouldn't be slagging me off and you probably shouldn't be slagging um you should be probably should be slagging acdc off and not talking about back in black so anyway basically that is a hell of a run and acdc were popular they were really really fucking popular for that little period super popular but i think that it's probably fine to say that back in black is probably considered the last final great acdc album i don't think that's controversial at all i mean actually i think there's going to be more controversial opinions when we get to what we think about this album because i think um there are some people who look at things like the razor's edge with very heavily rose tinted glasses and let Mm. alone power up i mean power up was voted was it classic rocks album of the year the year that it came out and it's like well i suppose it's in classic rock but come on like it's okay to admit that acdc haven't been brilliant for a while in terms of studio output i think fucking 40 odd years yeah i mean i think that's fair i mean i would say actually look it's not as good but for those about to rock we salute you i actually think you know it's a good album that is a good album Mm. right i mean it's fucking how do you follow up such a huge album like it's really really difficult to follow up a back in black um but I think for those about to rock, we salute you, which came out a year later, it came out in 1981. I actually think that is is a really good album. And I think you know, like it sold four million copies in the US, so it's like a fraction mm. of what it sold in you know in in comparison with Back in Black. But Back in Black's a weird one because it does account for three, well, not quite three quarters, but a large proportion of ACDC's overall sales. If you go on ACDC's like discography page, they've sold 75 million albums worldwide 50 million of those are back in black so it is a hell of an outlier yeah it is a bit of an, yeah, it's a massive outlier isn't it but i think you know you've got like the title track is iconic mm. and i think they 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 obviously still end with that uh put the finger on you it's a bit naughty isn't it uh let's get it up again um you know typical brian johnson um misses but you know <laughs> it got songs like inject the venom evil walk evil walks uh night of the long knives i think uh i think it's a good album I think that is actually a good album, to be honest, for, for those about to rock We Salute. I think it's good. It's it's strong, but yeah, it just doesn't measure up to the five albums, six albums that came before it. Yeah, and it's produced... I mean, I think the thing that's good about it is you've still got Robert Mutlang mm. uh, producing it, the man who produced ACDC's biggest album and the man who produced pretty much anyone who's made a big album from that period uh he's probably the man who produced it mutt lang tends to do the biggest albums by all of the bands that he works with uh whether it be shania twain or acdc or um what actually what else has he done i'm gonna have a little look at his i mean mutt lang let's have a look at his actual um the albums that he's produced over the years so he has done well the boomtown raps i didn't know that that's not really a great no. but he did he goes you know highway to hell back in black for those about to rock pyromania heartbeat oh. city by the guys by the cars hysteria um adrenalize in 92 wake up the neighbors by brian adams which is massive it's done like you know 18 till i die uh the one thing by michael bolton i think that had all the, the hits on it um in blue by the cause come on over by shania twain dark horse by nickelback drones by muse all right fair oh, enough. that's a shame that uh, is a shame but yeah. like he's just somebody who has you know he tends to have 
like really really big songs i mean you know he produced uh um <sighs> what's love got to do with it um by tina turner greatest hits of michael bolton um the the produced tracks on celine dion's um greatest hits backstreet's back millennium by uh backstreet boys well oops i did it again um you know he's he, he's born this way by lady gaga as well he does oh, like the, he does he does the big shit he does like big big shit he does songs uh, and, that are meant to be sung back to you in stadiums yeah well, yeah it was basically i should say you know mm. and i think it's worth saying as well like Four million copies sold for those about to rock mm. is hardly like <laughs> small change. Yeah, it's not like chump change at all, is it? Mm. Um, but it's the next album that comes along where ACDC decide to ditch him. And I guess probably due to the the advent of MTV and the type of MTV bands that were you know that what mtv was becoming you know what it was doing to sort of rock music which was making everything a bit more airbrushed mm. you know you got the kind of the rise of the hair metal bands the poisons and the uh, motley Cruz and the you know the rats and the quiet riots and all that kind of thing um all of whom i'm sure would have been inspired by acdc but are probably well not even probably they certainly are not as um gritty as as acdc were no, no, no. um and ACDC sort of, I think, made the the sort of stylistic choice to go, well, we'll produce this next album, Flick of the Switch, which I also quite like. And um and we'll see we'll see how we get on. We you know, we'll be a bit rawer and a bit realer. Mm. Um again, Flick of the Switch, I mean that again is is quite a drop down when you think of how much back in black sold, and then even four million copies and a number one album in, on in the US, um, with for those about to rock. To go from 25 million albums to platinum, 1 million albums, peaking at number 15 on the US Billboard chart, number four in the UK, number three in their native Australia. I look at the track listing of Flick of the Switch and there's, like, again, I think there's some pretty good songs on Flick of the Switch. I quite like it. Yeah, I mean, I think it is the point where you start to get to a lower hit rate of absolute bangers. I mean, I think the litmus test for how brilliant an acdc album is can you look at those titles and can you then immediately immediately sing that chorus because that's usually mm. what the chorus is yeah and absolutely flick of the switch when i was looking at it before i listened to it prior to this because i wanted to sort of a b the stuff around it i was like yeah, i don't remember loads of these just by sight um and you know ultimately i have heard them before because it's acdc bedlam in belgium that's one in it i <laughs> yeah. like that no that bedlam in belgium Oh, what a gone! Is that a John Claude Van Damme film? I oh, know. I was going to say it was a on the buses sketch. <laughs> He's got the right hat, Be- there, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he certainly has. <laughs> he certainly has. I think Bedlam and Belgium's a, a really good song. I actually quite like a few songs on on Flick of the, of the Switch. I think this House on Fire is good as well. Uh, the title track I like, Never Shake Down I like, Guns mm-hmm. for Hire. I mean, they're the singles. I think the singles are quite good. And um, yeah, my favourite song on that album is uh, is Bedlam in Belgium, which is about them getting drunk and going out in Belgium, hanging out in Belgium. Like in Bruges. It's like oh. in Bruges before. You're an inanimate fucking object. That's what Brian Johnson says to Angus Young. He does, but do it as Brian Johnson. You said there was going to be plenty of Brian Johnson impressions this Ooh, week. Oh, there we will be, have boy. a proper one. Oh, don't you worry about that, boy. Ooh. They're coming. Oh, They're coming. Travel, boy. 
Thank you. You're a wild travel boy. Where to? Newcastle uh, to see Brian Johnson. Yes. Um, yeah, I think flicking a switch is all right. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's it's the first one where it's probably the first album in ACDC's back catalogue. If someone said to me, "Should I buy any of the Bon Scott ones, or back and back in black?" And for those about to rock, we salute you. If someone said, "Should I buy that?" Mm. I would say, "Yes, I think you should." I definitely think you should buy that. When you get to flick of the switch, if someone said to me, "Should I buy that?" I would be like, "Did you get all the other ones?" Mm. And if they said, "Yeah, I got the other ones," then I'd go, "How much did you like those other ones?" Yeah. yeah. And if they said, "I like them a lot," I'd go, "How much is a lot?" <laughs> and if they said, "Like absolutely loads." I'd go, go on then, treat yourself. If you can find it cheap, yeah. I'd say, what year is it? And they'd say, it's 2009. And I'd say, did you buy Black Ice? Mm. And if they said no, I'd go, buy Black Ice first. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's what I'd do. It was actually the first ACDC album that came out after I sort of consciously became a fan of theirs, actually, Black Ice. Really? Yeah, Mm. because I'm just a little boy. (laughs) <laughs> so you're a young like that swan song pathetic rat yeah oh just yeah. like it yeah just like it. i'm gonna like you know how gaz always brings up something from the 90s yeah i always bring up you always bring up New swans no wave scene yeah swans specifically <laughs> yeah. specifically swans <laughs> um could have at least brought up sonic youth like at the very minimum you could have brought up Sonic Youth just to change it mix it up a bit show that nah. you're versatile sam he doesn't nah. want to he's not nah, interested nah, not nah. interested in doing that um yeah, so look, it's funny. This is around a time, so yeah, it would have been they they. If, I don't know if you oh, you wouldn't remember. I don't know if you would remember this or not, but they reissued all the ACDC albums in about two thousand and three, two thousand and four sort of time. They reissued everything, right? Oh, okay. And they came in a sort of cardboard sleeve, and they had a book with all the kind of the booklet was really cool. It had like the making of the album and yada yada and all this okay. stuff. Like, it's good. And probably should have gone to see if I've got this album upstairs with that booklet in. I can't remember if I have or not, to be honest. I did give a lot of stuff away. Um, but yeah, but I basically, I got back in black and I got Highway to Hell. And I was like, these are great. Because mm. I'd never really been into ACDC when I was a kid. And in when they reissued them, I was like, oh, I'm going to give this band a go because I'm going to bang on about them. And I loved both of those albums so much that I ended up getting every ACDC album. Every time I'd be like, oh, I'm going to get another one. I'm going to get another one. I'm going to get another one. And I think... Flick of the Switch was one of the last ones that I bought, to be fair, for, mm. for whatever reason, just because it's not a particularly... Like, the cover even looks... It's poor artwork. It does look cheap, doesn't yeah. it? Like it does. a it's pencil like... sketch of Angus Young hanging onto a Switch. Yeah, it's like Angus Young holding to Switch in the fucking Take On Me video, isn't it? Yeah. It's but not even... I think that implies a level of kind of, I don't know, <laughs> artistic license that whoever they commissioned did not take. It is just a kind of pencil outline drawing. I think they someone's getting we want it to look like this, a bit like this. Yeah. So can you go away and do that? And somebody forgot, and then the day they were like, we haven't got anything <laughs> apart from the pencil sketch that you gave us. And they were like, oh fuck it, this use is that the one. one you did on the napkin next to Stonehenge. Mm. But Fly on the Wall was one that I bought quite early on because I liked. I don't know why, but I really liked the artwork to it, which is mad because it's pretty pretty bad artwork. It is quite bad. Yeah, it's quite bad. But it's it quite has, bad. But bev- it has got that cartoon fly on it. It has got that cartoon mm. fly in it. And um, you know what the cartoon fly's name is? We'll get into this in a little yeah, bit. You'll, you'll tell me later. We'll get, well, I'll tell you later. I'll, I'll tell you later. <laughs> I don't want to ruin the old 
cartoon fly <laughs> fun. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Who would, who would want to do that? Both that frames would be of animation of him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, he was good, that fly. Um, so I was like, oh, I might get that. But anyway, we should say, you know, um, ACDC go back after Flick of the Switch where the, all of them together had decided to produce the album. Mm. And um, this time it was down to just Malcolm and Angus Young to record and, and and produce the record. So the first thing that happened actually before we get into that is is Phil Rudd left the band. Did so Phil Rudd as Ant Man. That's Paul Rudd. You're thinking of Same you're thing. thinking of whatever. You're thinking of Paul <laughs> thinking of Paul Rudd. He, yeah, he turned around to Malcolm Young and he said, Who would have thought there would be us here in A C D C not me? And because <laughs> that's the that's a little yeah. meme thing that he does. Yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, Phil Rudd um which we now know to be true uh was having prog- <laughs> problems with drugs and alcohol yeah. phil rudd of course is i believe he's what they call a loose cannon and when a you've card. got real cannons like acdc uh you don't need a loose cannon as well do you? you want a sturdy cannon if anything brian johnson would fall off it might hurt his hip <laughs> He might hurt his hip. He's got, yeah, and he might lose his voice even more than he already <laughs> fucking he did has. in 1985. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, so Phil Rudd, who, I mean, now we know that Phil Rudd is, well, he's a, he's a wrong, isn't he? Mm. He's a, he's a, we don't need to go into it particularly. He is a wrong one. Um, he's been um, arrested for quite a few times mm. i mean in, in 2010 it all kind of kicked off um you know he has why well, god he's i mean where do we even start with phil rudd attempting to procure uh a, a, a murder threatening to kill and in possession of methamphetamine cannabis uh after the police raided his home i mean yeah he's he's a troublesome fella basically is phil rudd and you know this is this is you normally mellow in your old age don't you this is like <laughs> normally, 2015 yeah. right so lord only knows what he was like in the you know in the in the 80s um but basically phil rudd's friendship with malcolm young had deteriorated to the point where um it kind of escalated to a physical confrontation and halfway through the flick of the switch sessions um he was he was fired i mean he mm. was i think he's credited on the album i believe he's credited on the album in fact i can i can i can confirm that right now if you would like me to do that um yeah he is credited on the album although he didn't actually finish the album in full and um Pro was he in Horn, charge of the artwork he was, <laughs> yeah, he was in charge of the artwork and he got kicked out and they were like well We've got to use it now. You've got to use it now because yeah, yeah. Phil was in charge of it. They're burning um, the CDs right now. EMI <laughs> yeah. won't wait. <laughs> BJ Wilson came in to complete the recordings, um, although his drum parts weren't used. Uh, sorry, so I think they did use all of Rudd's parts, but he mm. wasn't around. And um, in the aftermath of that, they got in Simon Wright in the summer of 1983. Uh, after 700 auditions were held across the US and the United Kingdom. Um, Simon Kirk of Free and Bad Company was considered. Paul Thompson and Rocky, Roxy Music were another one. But Simon Wright came in. Um, he was uh, initially in a band called Tora Tora. 
if you know them. And then the he was in a band. A bell, but I can't say I'm, all, I'm familiar with that work. Not really. Aware. And then he was in a new Robin band called Titan, which is T Y Tan. T Y T A N. Of course it is. Of course. Titan. It is. I bet yep. they're shit. <laughs> yeah. He was 19. No. 19 years old, Simon Wright, when he got the, dr- the job in. Uh, in ACDC, 19 years old, and you're in one of the biggest rock bands in the face of the earth. That is pretty, pretty fucking good, right? That's the stuff dreams are made of. And to be you know, 700 odd other people, that's almost as good as Bruce Willis getting the part in Moonlighting. It is, it's yeah, back almost. To an earlier episode. So. Call back to an earlier, the mm. return of Simon Wright. Yes. Um, even though we've never seen him before. ACDC <laughs> um, put. Uh, yeah, that's right. On Titan, uh, AC... fighting Thanos with Paul Rudd. From ACDC, it all works. This is going over my... Oh, this is Marvel shit. Yeah, this is Marvel shit, isn't it? Marvel the, shit. The people will understand. What's your shit? Yeah, I'm sure they will. <laughs> um, do you know what the advert that ACDC put, they put in Sounds Magazine, an advert that said, rock drummer wanted. If you don't hit hard, don't apply. Get oh, in there. That's bawdy, isn't it? Oh, you're right, don't you? I bet that's why hard. that other guy's parts didn't get used <laughs> on the previous album because they were just laughing at BJ the whole time because they're just bloody <laughs> blokes aren't they <laughs> also if you want someone who hits hard don't get rid of Phil Rudd <sighs> oh, he literally hits hard doesn't yeah, he yeah not even allegedly with, yeah. with guns and stuff like that <laughs> it should be um, eight ten. yeah it should be yeah uh, so you know the band decided that they um, were going to use just Malcolm and Angus Young as the producers of the record. And um, yeah, they went into the uh, Mountain Studio Montreux uh, across October 1984 into February 1985 to record the album. Um, Brian Johnson has said regarding the lack of producer, um, he said to uh, to Sky, uh, in my experience, the lads went in with the producer, but they were still really telling the lad what they wanted. So in a roundabout well, way, all it is is an extra pair of ears, an expensive extra pair of ears. So that sounds to me very much like, again, people in bands love to say this, don't they? They mm. love to go, oh, you know what? We go in with a producer and we don't really do anything. You know, they don't really do anything. They just kind of press record and we tell them what we want and we did. Mm. And it's like, well, I mean, that may well be true. You may do that, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they don't do anything because if that were true, this album wouldn't sound the way that it sounds. Mm. And it would also, sound like Back in Black, wouldn't it, surely? And let's be honest, it, it, it doesn't. It would sound better, yes. I mean, I think that argument, oh, well, that kind of case holds water if every producer is Rick Rubin uh, post-21st century, but it's like, no, they, they, they do do a lot to sharpen up some band's sounds. I mean, they're not going to have to do it for Emperor, are they? But No, I mean, yeah, it... <sighs> It's it's always mad to me when a band will turn around and say that when you go, mm. well, here's you with a very expensive producer sounding really good and writing mm. these really, really great songs. Everything sounds perfect. And that's considered a classic album. And here's your album that you produced that no one likes and no one remembers and no one really cares about and people mm. try not to mention very much. And it's the same band what 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 what's what, the missing ingredient what's the missing Brian ingredient yeah. do you think do you think it's robert mutt lang and his excellent you know studio wizardry that he's 
polishing up your songs and making them sound brilliant. Not that they're not good songs, as we're getting to, but I just think that that is always something that makes me go, mm, I'm not, I'm not sure about that, lads. There's I'm an- not sure about that unearned confidence and arrogance about it the idea that the, the material is so strong that it can exist uh even sounding a bit shit yeah i think so yeah. i mean you know there was as i said the, the they went in um with the idea that they just really wanted to not be anything like the kind of mtv glam metal of the time mm. so i can kind of understand why they're like yeah 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 we don't want to be like that so we're going to produce it we're going to make it sound really kind of gritty and stripped back and raw and all these things like that's all fine but i still think even if you do that you kind of want to make it sound as good as possible and one of the things as we get into it that seems to be the problem with this record is the fact that it's such a weird it's such a weird mix Mm. sound is a weird mix of sound i'm not quite sure well, I am pretty sure actually, but I'm you know I'm not I'm not sure who's I'm not sure who's responsible for it. For it. obviously the band themselves are responsible for it, but I'm not sure why they thought doing the things they did were a good idea. Basically, search me, search me, man. Mm. I to be honest, having looked into uh, the sort of background information for this album and then you know kind of the the aftermath and everything, I'm I'm puzzled as to many things. So I'm looking forward to learning. Yeah, I. <laughs> I can't really give you, I mean, other than being like, oh, I, we don't want it to sound like glam metal. Mm. There's not really a lot of information about why they wouldn't have done that. Do you know what I mean? Um, but anyway, uh, they recorded the album. They had a bunch of songs. Those songs sound like ACDC, Kelsey Prees. Mm. Clearly, the best thing about this record is the videos that were released with it, right? So... We'll get into the reception to the album in a second. But one of the things that I remember... So I remember buying when I was really massively, massively into ACDC. And I bought all the albums. I bought the um, Family Jewels DVD box set, Mm. which had, up until that point, every music video that they had. And I remember being like, oh, they've got the Fly in the Wall video. It's like half an hour long. It's like a little movie. It's like a little movie that they released to kind of go with it, which I guess, again, you know, funny to be like, oh, we don't want to sort of pander to MTV, but yet we are going to make this (laughs) rather ridiculous Mm. sort of half an hour long narrative video of us playing in a club with a load of other characters and a cartoon fly (laughs) that we're going to put out. (laughs) When you put it like that, Steve, it sounds ridiculous. It does sound it does sound a bit ridiculous. I bulk so, at the term narrative, by the way. I think this has got a narrative in the same way that Through the Never has a storyline. Yeah, yeah. Well it doesn't. Yeah. No, exactly. Um But anyway, so basically I asked you to watch this because I was like, this will be the thing, mm. the funny the funny thing about <laughs> this. Right. The best thing about this album is, is definitely the videos. It's basically five songs from the album. Uh the band playing live and interacting with a bunch of characters. Uh, in the club that they're playing and Believe as i said me, there are some characters in there there are some pr- pretty crazy guys in this club i'm not gonna, uh, not gonna lie i don't think you'll be disappointed 
Yeah, I think I think you know you pretty mad sense of humor. You might you know take you a little while, but to get used to a mad sense of humor. But you you you'll get used to the nutty behavior of these guys. They they are absolutely crazy nutters, aren't they? Oh, All of them, mad absolutely lads. mad crazy nutters. Uh, I love the love a lot of them. What of me being a bit of a bit of a nutter myself, Sam? Bit, of a, bit of a crazy guy. A sideways glance at rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame you can't hear my finger flourishes on the mic. Mm. That's not uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so basically it starts with um, the paparazzi man who mm. pops up through it. He's with a photographer uh, and he is creeping along in like a grotty old club. It's a, just a shitty grotty old club. Mm. And he takes a photo of ACDC who are just sat in their dressing room and they, they all look like they're looking in the mirror. They're all just sitting, staring in the mirror, aren't they? And it's just like cracking yeah. the door. And he takes a photo and they go, what? And then two bouncers in shell suits, matching shell suits for mm. the bouncers. Mm. Hilarious. Bring that like, back in your 80s. Bring that, Bible. that is, yeah. yeah, that's the real 80s. Fucking matching shell suits for big beefy <laughs> men. Definitely. Right. And, um, they are meant to, the actors playing the bouncers are meant to go, we told you, no more photographs. And they're meant to do it in unison. And they can't do it in unison. No. They go, they go, we told you, no, no more, more pho- photographs. And they all sort of say it over and it's like, lads, go do it again. That can't be the best take they had. I think it must that have been. That can't I mean, be the best take they had. It must have been, Steve. I mean, 70mm was expensive back in those days. So, you know, you've got to make do with what you what you can. Terrible acting. And they chuck the creepy photography man into the street. And that won't be the last we're seeing of him. <laughs> <laughs> they say, don't, don't come back. And they throw him in a bin, a load of like bins and bin bags and stuff. Mm. And he chucks a box at one of them. He what? He chucks a box at one of them. He does. He chucks yeah. a box at one of them. Yeah, which does very little mm. to dampen their spirits, as we discussed <laughs> a little bit. And then a cartoon fly flies into the ballroom um, where ACDC are about to be introduced onto the stage by a crap compare. He goes, "What's the, what's the name of the band?" ACDC is oh, it's some kind of electricity company. Brilliant. Yeah, great. I love Brilliant. him. Brilliant. I love him. And then it kind of cuts across the bar to various different characters. There's a couple who look like they, uh, well, one's wearing like a kind of cocktail dress and the other one's wearing a tuxedo. Mm. Yes, I love him. I can, I, my only regret is that this wasn't a video that accompanied a 90s ACDC album because then you could have had like a rad skater guy uh, brush past him on the way out and go, bro, this is going to influence my work at my money job. I mean, he is one of them, isn't he? Smoking through his like, <laughs> cigarette holder. He's got a cigarette holder on. Yeah, yeah. More of that later. Uh-huh. Um, uh, the barman's wearing a cowboy hat. He's not interested, is he? Yeah, he didn't really he, care. He's reading the paper. He doesn't want to watch ACDC. Oh, but you might, you might be surprised to find out he might not get a choice in mm. that. Yeah. And then there's um, a bloke who looks a bit like Daniel Sun from Karate Kid playing Paul. Mm. Kind of flick knife wielding bad boy playing Paul. And a waitress who is chewing gum like the shittest mime I've ever seen. <laughs> Right, I've never seen ideas. anyone go in and like, nang, 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 like absolutely chewing this gum like like shit. And the fly lands on a burger that she's serving, mm. and she goes to swat him, and she misses, 
Uh, she chews her gum harder than any human being has ever chewed their gum ever. Um, in the end, the barman, the fly flies over and the barman swats a fly. And no one has ever been happier with anything that, that has happened in their life than that barman swatting that fly. And the fly goes, ooh, and then he flies off again. Mm. And ACDC come on and they're, they start basically playing to a very small amount of people. Mm. And a I small believe... small and disinterested I, crowd, I would small argue. Small and disinterested crowd. And I believe um, it's the title track. So we get, mm-hmm. like, we get five songs um, from... Uh, from the from the album um so it's the title track uh, i can't remember what else uh, uh the title track title track um the danger, danger. Sink the, yeah sink the, sink, the, sink the pink stand up and and shake your foundations um and the photographer comes back he gets chucked out again oh, and the bouncers at one point it cuts to the bouncers and one of the bouncers just pushes the other bouncer into all the bin bags and he loves it he just starts rolling around in it he absolutely he loves it like just loves it. Oh, Terrence, you wouldn't love that, us, would you? Let if us you're at work and someone, if you're at work and someone shoved you into a load of bin bags, you wouldn't be like, "Wait," would you? You'd be livid, surely. Well, presumably they're part of ACDC's entourage and they've been touring around <laughs> the United States. So I imagine there there may be some substances involved. Yeah, it's um, when then the the photographer comes back in during "Don't Talk to Strangers," and he pulls. I'm going to say he's the campest man I've ever talked about in any podcast I've ever been involved with. He and is probably Frank like going, impressions. Yeah, he is probably going home. Oh, he's doing <laughs> it's probably like, oh, doing all that shit when he's taking photographs. And again, why is he taking photographs of just random people in a bar? And then why are they throwing him out? None of this really makes sense. It doesn't really. Uh, it's not the tightest uh, narrative thread. I do like the fact that, um, again, for some sort of bad dubbing, they've clearly got a shot of him taking pictures of the band while they're playing. I think it's during Danger. And he goes, sick filth, oh, rock trash. But it's really out of sync. Up really yeah. out of sync, really out of sync. Mm. Um, and then the the fly, the cartoon fly, is now smoking a fag, uh, <laughs> like Donny Tourette on Nevermind the Buzzcocks, <laughs> right? You know, like, well, where did he get that cigarette from? Uh, and then they start playing Sink the Pink, and a woman comes in, and everybody in the bar fancies her, don't they? they oh. go, Ooh, the, the man with the the cigarette holder, he, his cigarette holder lifts up like it's his knob. Brilliant. He lifts it up in his mouth like it's a like it's an, is, an erect willy. That is and very I, clever, probably the it? most disturbing thing about it all is the fly fancies her as well. The flies mm. are ooh. Would a would a fly fancy a human being? Would a fly be sexually aroused by a human being? I think I might need to rewatch the David Cronenberg film. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, that is like, yeah, Gina Davis and uh, Jeff Goldblum. This is not no. definitely not. Um, but she comes in, she starts to play pool, sink mm. the pink. She's yeah. wearing pink. She gets a pink. It's bawdy. It's um, bawdy, Lynn. Lynn. Enjoy it. And and then uh, she just stops playing at one point and starts line dancing. They do, yes. Uh, it says, Why? Um, so there is a brilliant plot summary on the Wikipedia page for the video that accompanies this album. And it says, after she wins the game, no, she doesn't though, because she's mm. about to take a shot and then she just stops. It's like, Come on now. The narrative conceits. I can suspend my disbelief so far, ACDC. Please, don't insult yeah, my it, intelligence. It's stupid. And then um, some suits turn up, don't they? They come out in a big car. The man who owns the bar is like, oh, come and watch this band. By this point, a lot of people are enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. And they sort of fucking... They, they sort of walk in like they're in a Janet Jackson video. 
Well, like they do a sort of like single file dance walk in and then they all pull their phones out at the same time. Proper phones, not mobile phones, actual phone receivers over their pockets. Yeah, like they're, they're, they're the man. Yeah, oh, the man. They hate this rock and roll, don't they? Bloody hell, sticking it to the man. They can't end all wars if they're with their rotary phones. <laughs> uh, my my comment on the, the suits that turn up. Um, if the bloke in the front uh, had a bit of lipstick on, I think they'd look a lot like Pussifer do at the moment. They bloody would. Yeah, yeah, you're right, actually. I thought he was Teller or Penn, which everyone doesn't talk from Penn and Teller. He looks just like the mate from Penn and Teller. It could the, well The have main been. guy. Maybe he fell on is, hard but... times. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, it goes to shit here, really. They're just showing anything. Like, the fly sits on the burger and bites into it and he eats a chilli. Yeah. And then he gets, he, he kind of goes around with a hot mouth. Mm. And you're like, Okay. And then the photographer comes in and he's thrown out again. It's like, fuck me, we've seen this four times already. Take the hint, mate. It's only half an hour. It's 25 minutes long, this. Yeah. And then he starts crying. He actually starts crying, doesn't he? It's like, you fucking baby. Why are you crying? <laughs> yeah, that is <laughs> really bizarre. To be fair. <laughs> it's like, why are you suddenly crying? Um, I didn't know to play in the rubbish. <laughs> yeah. There's a sign behind the bar that says, no fighting, I noticed. Ooh. Surely that's four. obvious. Yeah. But it gets to the, of the end and everybody's loving Shake Your Foundations as they mm. play that. And then the building starts falling down. So everyone runs out, apart from ACDC, who carry on playing. Everything falls down apart from the stage. The band keep playing. The bloke who owns the club seems d- delighted for some reason. I don't know if it's some sort of insurance scam. I think it probably is, Steve, yes. <laughs> but he's like, watching ACDC play on a stage after his building has just crumbled and fallen to the ground. And he's loving it. He's like, yeah, yeah. He looks like absolutely delighted. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's good to see ACDC playing the street. I mean, I know they dropped off after Back in Black. Yeah. I don't think they dropped off that much. But, mate, you haven't got a club anymore. Why are you so happy that your fucking, your house has fallen down? It's, it's weird. And then the fly goes off. Yeah. And you sort of go, I don't, I, I don't know what I'm meant to have learned from any of that. I'll tell you what I have learned. I am torn somewhere between thinking the flies are really, really poorly animated, uh, a strange creature that looks a bit like Cyril Sneer, mm. and I'm also torn between quite genuinely wanting a tattoo of it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it looks yeah. hilarious. It is. It is. It's so eighties, and it's so. It looks like it's been. All of it looks like it's been made up on the spot. Mm-hmm. It looks like they've got a kind of a young improv troupe who aren't very good. They've just gone to a comedy and gone, look, can you lot come and just improv a load of old shite around and ACDC are going to play? And nothing really happens and it doesn't really represent what the band is singing about. Apart from there's a fly. There's a a fly. Oh, shake your foundations. And then sink the pink. A woman dressed in pink plays pool for like four shots and then starts line dancing. Claiming victory unjustly, I would argue. Unjustly claiming victory. I, I just it's it is very funny in a sort of you know classic like on? what the fuck is going on bag of shit <laughs> sort of thing but um yeah it's it's you just think well I, i'm not that surprised it ain't thriller when you think of like thriller it's half an hour like the music video for thriller mm. would have been like i guess kind of what they were trying to go for here Maybe. Well, you know they're doing a you know, doing like a full length, you know, like kind of not full length, but like a a half hour long, a long no, like, form music video, a long yeah. form music video, yeah, and that's what you come up with. 
a bloke like with a, a, a cartoon fly and a man dressed as a paparazzi going Ooh, while he's sitting in a bin crass <laughs> fucking rubbish i hear what you're saying steve more fly in the sequel more fly in the sequel mm. um i thought i'd read just out of curiosity really i thought i'd read the youtube uh the the comments on the youtube video that i watched it on, oh, on. um to see what they're and i wasn't disappointed there was mm-hmm. someone called samuel lawminston and he said, long live ACDC and the, <laughs> and the soul they represent. <laughs> Who is the soul they, they represent? Sounds like he knows something there. Who's the soul that ACDC represents? That, that poor soul. Makes it sound like they're kind of like judges in the, I don't know, <laughs> entrance to limbo. Representing the souls of the damned. Yeah. Uh, another guy called at Callum. Oh... No, Kalen, Kalen Cambuel. This yeah. is three months ago, right? He said, we had a former church across the road from us. It was a mosque. So we played this loud and proud. It was 1988. That's ACDC, 1988. I see. Why are you saying that? Um, I think he might be a racist. I think he might be. Someone replied, again, two months ago, and said, a church isn't a mosque, it's a church. And this came out in 1985. I think he's got made, he's made one valid point there. Well, he made two valid points there. Although, if this guy played it in 1988, he could have played it in 1988. You never know. Yeah, just because an album is released in a given year doesn't mean that it can't be played can't in, play in it. subsequent years. Yeah. Um, although, I am probably, if I had to pick a side in that particular, <laughs> in that particular thing... Probably would pick the second guy who pointed that outside, to be honest, because yeah. I'm not so sure uh, that the other guy is a bit of a fucking twat, to be honest. Uh, anyway, there's not many reviews. There's not many reviews of this from the time that I can find. Um, Rolling Stone weren't that keen. They said, you'd never guess how sexist and politically incorrect all of this is if you didn't read the lyric sheet because you sure can't make out a single word coming out of the dentist drill glottis of Brian Johnson, except maybe the song titles, which tend to be repeated like mantras. Angus Young's also in great form playing the dumbest, most irresistibly repetitive chords in lexicon. Um that's kind of the only review from the actual time that you could find. Um, All Music gave it three out of five and said, Fly on the Wall continues ACDC's descent into cookie-cutter mediocrity with the leering humour of past glory seeming forced and uninspired and the music remaining somewhat undeveloped and uh, and directionless. Um, uh, in his 1994 Bon Scott biography, Highway to Hell, Clinton Walker called the album a disaster. Um, Martin Popov of... The Collector's Guide to Heavy Metal um, gave it 7 out of 10, saying it tries desperately to recapture wasted youth, yet the material for most part is cookie-cutter ACDC, and said uh, Brian Johnson's awkward vocals are mixed quite far back, possibly because he's sounding raspier and more co- incoherent than ever. Um, retrospective reviews, as it says here on the Wikipedia page, are pretty negative. Um, Classic Rock slagged it off, um, said it made ACDC sound like a tribute act on a bad night and as right as all they could muster was one half decent song Shake Your Foundations um, although some people liked it some people did like it um, People Magazine the US Gossip Magazine People named it as the best album of 1985 mm. really? It's a, bold, it's a bold proclamation certainly I would like to see. I can't find that anywhere. Mm. But I would like to see their top 10. 
Well, I mean, I think People magazine is basically just going to be, what are the big albums of 1985? Let's just put all them in there. And I struggle to think of uh, nine that shouldn't be above this. <laughs> if you're thinking about like the big artists that something like People magazine is going to look at in 85. Yeah. Like... Well, what came out in 1985? Let's just have an, a, a little look at things that might have been better than this, right? So albums that came out in 1985 include the likes of, hold on, uh, albums released in 1985 include the likes of Hounds of Love by Kate Bush, which we're about to do. You like that. As a classic album. Head on the Door by The Cure. I think that's probably better than this, isn't it? Songs in the Big Chair by Tears of Fears. Brothers in Arms by Dire Straits. I mean, look, you know, like everybody in the world owned a copy of that record. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and I wouldn't say it's like a terrible record, although I, I don't ever really need to hear anything from it ever again. But yeah, like you would imagine that would have been above this, mm. surely. You would right? think, yeah. Rain Dogs by Tom Waits. I mean, even like, no jacket required by Phil Collins came out this year. That's you would imagine for People magazine Surely, something yeah. that they would go for a bit more than this, right? Like it, it, it's a fucking, so. it's a weird one. I mean, if you're going into like cooler stuff, you've got shit like you know, um, Psycho Candy by the Jesus and Mary Chain, New Day Rising by Husker Du, um, yeah, I mean, Bad People Moon magazine Rising by been, Sonic Youth. They wouldn't have been no. touching them, though, would they? Little Creatures by Talking Heads, Fables of the Reconstructed by R.E.M. Like, there's shit that can't, you know, this is, I mean, obviously, I we'll get into what we do actually think about it, but I don't think this is the best album of 1985, to be no. perfectly honest. Uh, i tell you who else likes it. Ryan Adams, apparently. Apparently, Ryan Adams told Classic Rock Magazine in 2017 that uh, he said, I had an epiphany while I was running and some songs from Flying the Wall came on. That's a record I could always put on uh, my run mix and I don't have to leave any songs off of. He loves it, mm -hmm. Ryan Adams. He also likes, uh, allegedly likes being quite an abusive prick. So we don't necessarily... <laughs> <laughs> Not saying that correlation implies causation, Steve, but... No, <laughs> but, you know, that is a thing. That is the thing as well. It also has a uh, a score on Amazon.co.uk. Oh, here we actually, go. Actually, actually has a score of four point seven out of five across eight hundred and thirty-one global ratings. Um, there aren't that many funny ones on here, but I just I just wanted to to flag up a three-star <laughs> one that I saw um, that was from Paddy. Uh, in the United Kingdom on the 16th of October 2020. Um, this is why it ain't that easy reviewing, you know, people, I don't think people go like, oh, review music's easy. Well, it's not, because this is a confusing review. He says, three stars, a fine addition to my collection. This album was not a great ACDC record. How many people have reviewed that? That is a one star and a five-star review in one review, and you're giving it three. That is a collaborative, <laughs> like, review, isn't it, Paddy? Absolutely bizarre. I like that the first line, presumably the five-star line, sounds like it comes from the collector from The Simpsons. That's That, <laughs> that gives me joy. I mean, don't call it a fine edition and then go, it's not very good. Oh, this is brilliant, <laughs> this is. Not very good, though. Maybe that's how what? low the bar is for his album collection. 
Maybe it started fucking... with Far Abraham, and he's like, it's not their best album, but it's better than everything else I own. <laughs> yeah. Um, it went to number seven on the UK album charts, uh, peaked at number 32 on the US Billboard Top 200. I mean, that is a significant drop-off. Mm. That is a significant drop-off. Um, its best performance was obviously Australia, where it hit, uh, even in Australia, only got to number four. Only got to number four in Australia, which isn't a lot. Uh, it did sell a million copies in the US, which makes it platinum. It went gold in the UK, selling 60,000 copies, and went three times platinum in Australia, selling 210,000 copies. But you've got to think that in a five-year period after you were releasing one of the biggest albums of all time, to go from that to number 32 on the US Billboard, like you say, 25,000, 25,000, 25 million copies 25 times platinum for one album five years earlier three albums on the line you're peaking at number 32 mm. something's gone wrong here something's gone wrong um but we'll talk about what that is after we talk about the album itself uh, sam what did you think about fly on the wall by acdc so at the end of last week's episode when you said that this was the album we we're going to do i said oh yeah i remember flying the wall and i remember not really enjoying it and i put it on and i thought the title track it was like i mean it, it does just sound like acdc and you know we've already talked about how much we like uh the first six seven albums of their career um you know acdc are a great band and so i don't mean it is a disparaging thing that's like it sounds like acdc but that was perfectly okay with me you then get Shake Your Foundations. I mean, comfortably the best thing on it, but a bit of a fucking banger. Like, all week since I first heard, or since, you know, reacquainted myself with it, I've been going, I, I, oh, shake your foundations. It's great. Mm -hmm. Great little hook. And I think, you know, the rest of it moves from kind of quite dull and a little bit laboured um, to kind of all right. You know, there's there's some bits on it that I find quite amusing, but I don't think they're intended to be. I think on First Blood, when Brian Johnson goes, some like it hot, some like it not quite so hot. That's good. <laughs> and he does sound more like Marge Simpson than Brian Johnson on most of this album. Um, <laughs> but I listened to the whole thing several times over, and actually it was just like, oh, it's quite nice to listen to ACDC again. It's been quite a few years since I've listened to an ACDC album in full. Um, and I... I think bar the production, which the production is a mess. I think it is all over the place. And I think the fact that Brian Johnson is so far back in the mix and then got a strange amount of reverb on his vocals as well. It's like, mm. I don't know why they've done that. Maybe they were trying to preempt slow dive. Who knows? But I just, I look at all of the response to this. You know, I went on Rate Your Music. I looked at Metacritic. I looked at, there's a classic rock article that lists the 20 worst albums of all time. And to be honest, most of them have already been covered here and are ex so much worse than this. Like, that's an, that's an article that has Generation Swine in it. It's like, that yeah. is a bad album. And I look at this, and I look at the fact that it's still got such a bad reception, and all I can think is, this is just the weirdest form of elitism I've ever seen. Because it's like, ultimately, every ACDC album after this, more or less, I think is of a similar or slightly higher or slightly lower quality. I don't think this is their worst album. And I'm puzzled that there can be so many people who have such a narrow frame of reference they think that this is some kind of weird sellout move to move to the mtv crowd and like destroy what acdc used to be i mean yeah it's not great but as i kind of alluded to earlier i think the razor's edge gets way more praise than it deserves it's got one career defining song and the rest i think is pretty tosh i don't like uh, blow up your video that much i don't like stiff upper lip ball breaker i can take or leave i think rock or bust is pretty fucking naff 
I honestly, I am still not entirely sure why this is here. Yeah, I mean, I I would kind of echo a lot of that. I think the title track is cool. I mean, it certainly isn't the Hell's Bells or Highway to Hell no. or, for, or for those about to rock, but it's still a pretty decent opener. I think you're right. Shaky Foundations is killer. Mm. Shaky Foundations is one of it. Like, if I went against the ACDC, I mean, it's got a little bit more of a kind of glammy guitar tone here and there throughout the album. It's certainly there on that that song. But that, like you say, that hook, ay, 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 shake your foundation. That is a fucking killer. And it's brilliant. It would be one of those, like, lost ACDC songs that I would, you know, like I said, if I wanted to see them, I'd love them to, to whack that out. I think First Blood has a bit of an awkward riff. I think ACDC just do, you know, one or two things pretty consistently throughout their entire career. Mm. Um, there's a kind of a bit of a clever off-kilter rhythm to that and i just think well no one wants to hear a gent acdc so <laughs> bin that off i think danger the slow strut of danger is was one that i think people kind of look down their nose at a bit and i think it's really really good sink the pink to me sounds like classic acdc <laughs> playing with girls it's got again yeah again it's got a bit of that driving glam rock thing mm. to it but when you strip it down well you to kind of put it on one of their other albums and produce it in a different way classic acdc um hell of high water i think is good i think back in business again is acdc but with a bit of a glam thing to it send for the man you know is decent as well i think like yeah, it's fine the only the only thing about this record really is the fact that yeah you're right i think it, it's very echoey and reverby I think it sounds like Brian Johnson recorded it in, you know, one end of a tunnel and they put a <laughs> fucking microphone at, at the other end. Um, he doesn't sound great. I think they don't seem to know whether or not they want to be like, you know, kind of very, very polished, shiny MTV darlings or if they want to be strict. Because it's, it's, it's a weird middle ground to be kind of airy, and big sounding like mm. there's lots of space it feels like the most spacious acdc record do you know what i mean like everything yeah, yeah. there's a lot of echo like say, there's a lot of echo there's a lot of reverb there's a lot of like kind of space in it which would make me think that oh you want everything to sound big and massive but then they're also saying oh you know we stripped it back and you can also hear although there is that there's also like doesn't appear to be many overdubs or you know kind of fiddling with anything apart from going whack that reverb up whack it right up mm. so i think i don't know if they're confused with what they were trying to do or alternatively are they just incapable of, of doing the thing that they want to do maybe they know exactly what they want to sound like they just don't know how to actually make something sound like that i don't really know i would i would think uh, that the, the latter actually um i think holds more water when you look at those interviews with brian johnson where they're saying basically they, they've got this kind of um misplaced confidence that they can do they can recreate the sound that's in their head that other producers have done better for them i think that mm. is probably what has happened there yeah well i mean you know like a few years later they bring out blow up your video which i think is the worst acdc album personally yeah. i think blow up your video is 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 bad. Well, yeah. I think it's actually quite a book. Uh, I mean, with the that is literally one of those ones that's got one good song in it. It's mm. got that's the way I want to rock and roll. I would say it's pretty much the only good song on yeah. that record. And you know, you've got the um, 
you know they they do the the soundtrack album the who made who soundtrack album um which comes out a year after this which has you know who made who um as like the kind of the new song and then stuff from back in black stuff from dirty deeds done dirt cheap you know an instrumental version of shake your foundations uh, or sorry, a remix version of Shake Your Foundations. Chase like the instrumental. Ace. Instrumental. What's the point in that? Yeah, that, that, yeah. Like there is an instrumental. Chase the Ace. Like absolutely pointless. DT. Absolutely pointless. But you know, it's from the um, uh, the Stephen uh, Stephen King film Maximum Overdrive. You ever seen Maximum Overdrive? I haven't seen it. I've seen it parodied, and I am aware of it. But no, I have not seen it. Yeah, I actually, I'm not sure if I ever did see it. Uh, it's based on a book by Stephen King called Trucks. <laughs> I'm glad they changed the name. Trucks. Yeah. <laughs> and Stephen King writes a book. Like, he doesn't read a book a week. He, he writes a book a week. And he's went, oh, fucking hell, what can I do this week? Trucks. Right, <laughs> trucks. It's about a big truck that goes to get everyone. And then um, Cole Chamber did that song about it. Yeah, they did. That's exactly right. Uh, but yeah, I think, yeah, Blow Up Your Video is far worse than this. Mm-hmm. Far worse. And I think, again, you know, the you, you mentioned The Razor's Edge. Yes, The Razor's Edge. It's got, got Thunderstruck, don't get me wrong. That is a fucking all-timer, but I don't... All-timer? Nothing else on it does, does much I mean, for me at all. Arguably their worst ever... Mistress for Christmas mm. is arguably... I mean, that is stupid by... Not even ACDC standards. That is stupid by, like, fucking Weird Al Yankovic standards. Do you know what I mean? Like That mm. is an absolute pile of crap, that song. And then I think Ball Breaker is one of the great kind of fuck ups in in music industry history you've got rick rubin who is obsessed was you know at that point had basically like a kind of unblemished record Mm. you know like everything he'd done if you look at rick rubin's production credits up to that point and and for a few years beyond as well Mm -hmm. everything he'd done had been brilliant and everyone thought oh rick rubin will be the man to do a great acdc album and I think Ball Breaker is bum. Yeah. Absolute fucking bum. I think Stiff Upper Lip is not great either. Stiff Upper Lip is, again, like, a couple of good songs on it. You know, I think the title track is really good. But again, I, I, don't, I don't like the production on that either. I think that sounds well anemic and mm. quite bad. Black Ice is really good. Black I think Ice Rock is really Bust, good. Yes. I, I would say Black for me, Ice. Black Ice is probably my favourite uh since for those about to rock actually i i mm. i do like black ice a lot i think some of that is nostalgia because it's my first acdc album but i, I think it's yep. strong i think it's got some great moments on it doesn't need to be 16 tracks but like yeah, it doesn't good. no it doesn't i mean and you know rock or bust i think is good as well i think there's a few good oh, songs on didn't like rock, rock or bust. bust okay well mm. fair enough and then the last one yeah you know uh, i don't think like, i even heard it to be honest mate it's Power all right up. like yeah. it's it's not great, but it's not terrible either. I mean, I'm trying to think of like because I re- remember reviewing it and we did right actually reviewed it. I thought it was all right, and then I thought it wasn't all right. But you know, so Fly on the Wall for me is not only not the worst ACDC album. No. It's not even like the second or third worst ACDC album, as far as I'm concerned. So it does make me get think like, okay, so what is the problem here? Like, what is this about? I think there's a few things. I mean, firstly, it's not my least favourite production, but it's probably the first time where you go through... If you were to listen to ACDC chronologically, all of their records, this would be the first time you would get to one of their albums and go, oh, fuck me, that does not sound like ACDC. 
it would be the first time that you would be like nah it doesn't really sound like them i think you've got to look at the changing climate in rock music and what was popular at that point you're getting yeah. thrash metal you're getting um glam metal so you're getting those two things becoming the dominant forces in music and acdc were a band who have been around 10 years and they're just not you know they're not as, they're not as cool as they were five years ago mm. let alone 10 years ago um that happens uh it happens to a lot of bands you know you sort of lose a slight bit of focus because you're you don't want to play the game and you want to kind of stand away from it but also you're kind of like well we kind of have to do something so you end up making this really weird production choice whilst you know playing songs in a bar with a load of crap camp actors and a cartoon fly you know what i mean you can't turn around and go oh we want to take it back to our gritty roots mm. here's two men in a shell here's two men in a shell suit pushing themselves into like bin bags like mm. it's not the same thing is it and then also the big thing really that, that i think kind of comes uh with this record is the the whole publicity that the band got for a couple of things firstly you got richard ramirez now richard mm. ramirez um was well you probably are aware of the name richard ramirez who was uh the the night stalker the walking killy killer the valley intruder um a serial killer essentially yes uh, and and sex offender uh, whose ta- whose crimes took place in California between kind of 1984 and 1985. He was sentenced to death, given the death penalty uh, in 1989. Uh, he actually died whilst awaiting execution in 2013. Lots of films have been made about, and, you know, Richard Ramirez has been sort of, he's, he's one of the most influenced, influenced, not influenced, he's one of the most infamous kind of killers in American history. And he's called the Night Stalker. Well, ACDC's song Night Prowler from Highway to Hell mm. uh, was something that was sort of used as evidence uh, that they were somehow responsible for the things that Richard Ramirez did. So he kind of admitted that he went to see acdc had an acdc hat and acdc t-shirt um and there's no i mean i kind of looked to to see if i could find any actual evidence to say that um he had just come out and been like oh you know listening to to night prowler had you know kind of inspired me to to do these crimes in actual fact um he turned around quite a long time later and he said lots of lies have been written about me and i think that was one of them Mm. but it was definitely reported at the time that acdc were you know this all the wild shit all the typical shit you know devil worshippers yeah yeah, yeah. um, all the satanic panic stuff all the satanic panic anti-christian anti-devil pro-murder pro-guns like you know this is acdc right this isn't fucking you know even marilyn manson or or gua or or ramstein or something like acdc they're just blokes with tight trousers 
and we know why. Yeah, they just playing got blues riffs. Yeah, yeah, just got to run. Just want to. They want to do. They want to. You know, booze and shag is yeah. what all the and and talk about rock and roll. That seems to be the entire the entire thing with ACDC. There's not really a lot more to them than that. Uh, and as brilliant as that is, and it does seem fucking mad to me that they could that you know their their career could get derailed to such an extent because of this and because of the way that they were you know they were sort of promoted as satanic devil worshippers who inspired this fucking killer because they've got the word hell highway to hell mm. and a song highway to hell and that that's enough that's yeah. enough i mean i think i said before you know bless my mum but when <laughs> i bought evil empire by rage Against the machine my mum went, I don't want that satanic music in my house. I was like, they're not satanic. She was like, they've got the word evil. You know, they're talking about an evil empire. What's that, Satan? I was like, no, they're talking about capitalism. Yeah. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, you've got to kind of look into it more and just be like, oh, that's that. That's that. that must be. They're rock music and they're saying evil. They must be Satanist. Like, no, 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 no. That's, that's, that's not, that's not what happened at all. And then you've also got as well, the fact that ACDC were included in the infamous uh, Parents Music Resource Centre's Filthy 15 in mm. 1985 as well, which was massive, like yes. absolutely, yeah, yeah. like that was um that was a massive thing. So um, let me put my love into you was added to the list. Um, lyrical content, sex. That's what it says. Yes, that's correct. Yes. That that is correct. Well yes, done. You sex. Have well done, ACDC. Yes. Yeah, you have. You you've um, uh, you you've done that quite uh, quite accurately. Um, but like, I mean, yeah, you know, they said they there could have been many many ACDC songs they put in there. They just they just happened to pick that one. Mm. I mean, when you look at some of the other songs that are included on the Filthy Fifteen, it's pretty mental what they have, um, what they've put on there. Uh, They've got "We're Not Going to Take It" by Twisted Sister mm. is there for violence. Ridiculous. I mean, what? Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I suppose the only upside to that is that you get that brilliantly eloquent um, Senate speech from Dee Snider, kind of in rebuke of it. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that, they're reaching there. We're not going to take it. I'm going to. Mur oh no, it's the I'm going to murder <laughs> you. Horrendously lyric, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean. Some of the people on here, you've got like High and Dry Saturday Night by Def Leppard, drug and alcohol use. I mean, that's just going out. A, a, a song <laughs> about going out and having a nice time, right? We've all done it. We've all fucking done it. Like, uh, yeah, Possessed by Venom, a cult. Yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah fine. Like, I get it. I mean, it's not really. Not really. If you're getting it, that no. upset by Venom, come on. Just you she bop by Norway. <laughs> the whole thing. Can you imagine what Tipper Gore thought about that? I mean, she probably Jesus. never, probably never knew. Um, but you got like Sheena Easton and fucking Cindy Lauper on here. Like, Mental. it's fucking crazy. Like Into the Coven by Merciful Fate. Like, yeah, I can see why someone might see. I can see how someone might look at King Diamond and go, "Ooh," but Cindy Lauper <laughs> and Sheena Easton. Yeah. <laughs> Beggars absolutely belief, really. mad oh. mm. absolutely mad so yeah they were part of that and you know the the kind of 
I mean, the outcome of it was, you know, I think we look at it now and we go, ha ha, because obviously, like, the outcome was the parental advisory sticker, parental advisory explicit lyric sticker mm. went on loads of albums, and obviously that became like a badge of honor yes um for for you know lo loads of kids would see that and be like oh i, I want that right mm. and so you kind of went out of your way to what i think like i remember here seeing it be with ice t and he was like oh there was no way i was going to release something and not have <laughs> that sticker on my fucking on my album like not a chance absolutely no way um and it was so inconsistent as well i mean if i went back to it like you know when i talk about you know, Dookie and Smash being really, really big albums for me when I was a kid that came out within kind of six months of each other. Yeah. And really helped to kind of get me into punk and stuff, like properly get me into punk and stuff. And Dookie has uh, a parental advisory explicit lyrics sticker on it. I remember it, did it? Mm. it used to have my copy of Dookie had that on it. My copy of Smash didn't. Right? right. Now, I can't think of anything. I know that like Longview is about being bored and wanting to have a wank or you know lack of sex is bringing me down in in dookie right uh in um basket, basket case. case yeah but there's songs on smash about like gang warfare in high school and getting so angry <laughs> when you're driving that you, that you shoot someone <laughs> like do you know what i mean like you know you stupid dumb shit goddamn motherfucker um and like, and I was like, why? Why isn't that got a fucking explicit lyric sticker on it? It seems fucking nuts to me. Yeah, so you know, strangely inconsistent. I mean, America definitely has a less of a tolerance for sex than they do for violence, but that is a, a pretty massive oversight in the case of Smash. Yeah. Mm. So I think you know, it, it's now we kind of go, ah, oh, remember that the parental advisory explicit lyrics thing and the whole filthy fifteen and blah blah. blah. But it was a real fucking threat to mm. bands at that point like it was a real threat that they would be shut down they wouldn't get played on mtv their records would be taken out of stores their records would be you know they were going to boycott any shops that you know had any artists that, that did this and you know that, that were included on that list you know walmart and all that stuff like oh you're supposed to be a family shop and we don't want our music being sent here and it's like it was a you know and you know there was a real kind of threat that this that music was going to be made illegal or there was going to be a you know a, a, a the same kind of um uh what's it called um oh what the fuck's it called like, i'm going to i keep wanting to say marketing it's not marketing at all is it uh certification system oh, that you have that yeah. you that like you films. have yeah for films right on and or games now right and there was a real threat that was that, that stuff was going to be happening so anything that anyone who was involved in that obviously were really really distracted and there there was a little period where their albums were ignored or you know not thought about too much or you know that was the sort of the only thing that people thought about with that band and acdc had that alongside also being kind of somehow wrapped up in the actions of this incredibly violent horrible serial killer that this was the album that came out around that time and also they just weren't cool anymore so of course when people go what's the worst acdc album contextually it all kind of points back to this point because there isn't really another acdc album where so much kind of weird bad shit happened around them yeah and i think that is probably why that album is kind of has become the one that people go oh yeah that's the you know that's the misstep that's the shit and also you know 
you have one album that people don't like as much in flick of, flick of the switch but then you have two it's like the second one around it's like yeah this is a, you know it's five years ago you were the biggest band in the fucking world and now yeah. you're you're very much not um so i sort of understand it but i think it's unfair on the actual record itself which is quite good and you know i mean years later i mean acdc are and remained one of the biggest bands on the face of the planet like there isn't a fucking stadium on planet earth that they couldn't fill out today so even though they haven't really released anything that i would consider i mean that shit that i was saying before about you get past flick of the switch and if somebody said do i need this album there's not many black ice i might go yeah Yeah. you should buy that that's Mm. probably the only one it's probably literally the only one where i'd go definitely buy that i do definitely buy that um so it's weird that they have carried on they're probably you know they're as big now as they ever humanly could have been but without really releasing anything that has been any you would consider even vaguely essential at all yeah yeah it's a weird one it is a weird one but yeah i think like like i said i'm just still puzzled as to why even in retrospective kind of reappraisals this album still gets a load of shit pelted at it like there's um there's a classic rock uh worst to best of acdc and fly on the wall is bottom and i believe i can't remember who the author was but they call it a a disaster and it's like it's really not like not compared to the i'd say the three albums that follow it yeah i think it's better than yeah i do i think it's better than all of them i think it's definitely better than all of them blow up your video is rubbish i mean the razor's edge has got that one song on it obviously but yeah ball and ball breakers yeah like no. i mean were i to rank it i'm not going to rank acdc albums but like yeah it wouldn't be anywhere near the top like the worst one at all definitely no. not no. which means but that i think that's why it's there i think it's all the other stuff you know is why it's here and they're not basically um which means we've got to rank it um yeah i think it's going to be quite a tough one because i actually don't mind i kind of this is one of those ones that it's going to be down low i think because i really mm. don't mind this record at all i actually quite like a fair bit of it oh it's definitely going to be down low i mean on first listen i was like i mean there's no way this is going <laughs> like uh anywhere above the 70s no no way no way but i mean to be honest now i look at it, you know my initial thought was well it can't be put any higher in the list than fisher spooner because that's a boring album but one that i don't like and then I was thinking, well, William Shatner, I do find, you know, kind of quite amusing. D.D. King, same thing. But actually, I look at it and there's a hell of a lot of stuff that I think I'd I'd take fly on the wall over. I mean, I'm thinking it might need to go maybe between somewhere between Lauren Hill and the darkness. I think it's going to be way, 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 way up the top. Yeah, so the best albums, if we're doing this in reverse order, the best albums we've done, uh, the kind of top five best albums we've done, is MTV 2.0 Unplugged by Lauren Hill, Guns N' Roses Chinese Democracy, Naomi Campbell Baby Woman, One Way Ticket to Hell and Back by The Darkness, and One Hot Minute by The Red Hot Chili Peppers. One Hot Minute by The Red Hot Chili Peppers is the best of the worst albums we've done so far. And the other ones are below, right. Now I would say... One Up Minute's definitely better than this. I think One Way Ticket to Hell and Back is definitely better than this. I think I think Baby Woman by Naomi Campbell is better than this. Mm-hmm. Fair, fair. And I actually think Chinese Democracy overall is better than this. I think it's certainly a more interesting record. Definitely. I mean, yeah. there's loads of fucking weird shit going on, but I think it's probably a better record. Yeah. But I do think 
as much as I love Lauren Hill, um, it's a mess, that 2.0 Unplugged. It's got that one moment of genuine brilliance on it. And there are extraneous circumstances for why that album is in here. Mm. Um, but it's not, and why it isn't a great album. But it's not a great album. Um, but it's not a terrible album. And it has got one, you know, like I say, one absolutely amazing incredible moment on it but it's not lauren hill's finest work unquestionably and i think that this album is probably better than that so that would make it the fifth worst album on this list fifth i think best. between lauren hill fifth best sorry yeah. fifth best album that we've done uh in between lauren hill's mtv 2.0 unplugged and guns and roses chinese democracy that is where i am positing we put this record I'm happy with that. And I actually think Lauren Hill is quite a good one to put aside it because I think, you know, similarly, uh, two albums with one great moment. I know Lauren Hill's great moment is a lot greater, but, you know, albums that aren't quite what they should be because of the circumstances surrounding them. I think they're quite suitable bedfellows, although I would not want to share a bed with ACDC. <laughs> Dirty gets. Dirty gets, isn't he? He's shaking your foundations, isn't Ooh. he? I've got two in my hand here. Fuck's sake. Oh, oh bloody I've hell. I've got one now. Oh, hello. Um, Come on, baby. Oh, this is probably going to be a bit boring next time. Um, we've got Crosby, Stills and Nash. Uh, Live it up. I think that might be in the classic rock 20 worst albums that I was referring to earlier alongside Generation Swine and Fly on the Wall. So which side of the coin will it fall between? I don't know, whatever. Fuck it. I don't actually know. I don't really know anything about them that much. Uh, I'm going to... Uh, let's have a look just quickly to check that it is, it is actually it's real of course yeah. it is uh, it came out in 1990 bloody hell oh yeah it's probably not going to be their finest work then it's their 10th album um, poor old David Crosby died recently so this is not what not what he would have wanted it's not what he would have wanted at all for us nah. to slag him off but anyway yeah that's what we'll be doing next time Crosby, Stills and Nash live it up Live it up, live, live it, it up. up. Oh, oh, oh. oh yeah, there's like eight done, songs going in my you head. You haven't done nearly enough ACDC impressions, by the way. No, you're right, I haven't. Brad you just said that you had some great ones. He just goes, um, what does he do? Uh, oh, how many songs? Oh, uh, oh, shake your foundations. He does that, doesn't he? he That's does the one do that one that he does. Yeah, yeah. He does, um, uh, oh, do you know what? I'm going to sing another Kiss song then. <laughs> You bastard. <laughs> a Brian Johnson sings Kiss. That's what we need in the world, isn't it? Uh, have, what uh, other Paul kids? McCartney sings ACDC singing Kiss. He has got a great voice in a lot of ways, Brian Johnson. He's got a great voice that is kind of terrible. Yeah. That's the beauty of Brian Johnson. Because when he, I mean, he could ruin a song. Like Shoot to Thrill, probably one of my favourite ACDC songs, if not my favourite ACDC song. Uh, but when he gets at that... And he just starts gut, you just saying like, mate, you're just going like, like halfway through. It's a mess. But he's kind of brilliant as well, isn't he? Yeah. And apparently he's a lovely, lovely, lovely man. I can believe that. Yeah. I don't believe it, he says. <laughs> he does he believe says, it, he says. Have a drink on me! Oh, <laughs> I'd rather not, mate. I'd rather not. <laughs> oh, good times. Anyway, um, there you go. Look at that, a real album, you mad fucks. Stop suggesting. Actually, 
If you do want to suggest a fake album, we can do them now, can't we? <laughs> we can't. We've this podcast we can never has to end. No. This podcast never has to end. We can do fucking, you know, the Norris McWhorter Grindcore <laughs> album, can't we? Oh, we can't do it. Yeah. Anything can <laughs> happen. Suggest that. Um, yeah, there you go. Anyway, so a little bit, obviously, a little bit more serious than, than Ian Bill. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, my heart sinks now. I used to be like, oh my God, I've got to listen to a bloody Richard Blackwood or Macho Man Randy Savage album. But now when a serious one comes out, I'm like, uh, Crosby Stills and Nash that's probably going to be serious isn't it I don't that's probably going to be, be like one of them where on took loads of drugs or something no. um, so you know but anyway Stills and Nash and Young yeah um, but anyway you know Young Free and Single use your imagination um, we'll see you next time for that we'll be there living it up live it up no don't do it again <laughs> alright see you later everyone thank you very much bye, bye.